Hey, Edwin. What you got there? Oh, I just got me some hollow hollow. Ooh, hollow hollow. I didn't think you can find that here in Minnesota. Oh, you can find it. You just need to look for it. This is exclusively a Filipino dessert. This is like served everywhere in the Filipino community. Oh, really? You know, I was born a Filipina, but was raised in Minnesota. It would be cool to know of other Filipino events and gatherings here in the state. You know, I can help you with that. You don't have to, you know, why don't you come over and uh, we'll do some uh, Hello Hello Hangout. Ah, that sounds delightful. Greetings, everyone. Pam and I have some news for you. Our Filipino-American podcast, Hello Hello Hangout, is our newest Legend Creator Studio show. Yes, we will focus our podcast around the mixture of being an American and a Filipino living in the cold state of Minnesota. We'll cover current events and happenings near us, as well as news from the Mother Islands. Also, we will talk about shows, music, and pop culture from Filipino artists, as well as learning some Tagalog with me. So come sit down with us and chill. And check us out on the upcoming episode of Halo. Halo. Hangout. Greetings, friends, family, and followers. My name is Angela. My name is Pam. And my name is Edwin. And you're listening to episode 40 of Dungeons, Dinings, and Dorks. It's holiday season. We've got the jingle back. Yeah. It is the week before. We are recording this Saturday before Holidays, Christmas. Christmas. Uh, Hanukkah has just Hanukkah. wrapped up. Uh, Festivus. Don't forget Festivus. Holiday for the rest of us. That's right. I I don't know that Festivus counts though. I don't know. There are so there are people that yeah celebrate. yeah. You see the candy cane. There's a holiday for every everything actually. There is a holiday for and everything. If not, there should be. <laughs> anyway, and, and hey Angela, what's going on? Oh hey, Christmas time is coming. Well, it's here. Well, it's our. This is probably getting released either like before Christmas. Oh, really before fast! Christmas. It's gonna be fast. all right. So just before Christmas. Our our last episode was late, really late, because there was a lot of editing going on. But yeah, well, you know, gotta make sure you comply with copyright stuff. Oh, legalese! Oh, so much joy. But we complied, and that makes us okay. At least we think. He <laughs> probably. I think we're fine. I think we're fine. Don't worry about it. Anyway, but yeah. So ho- holidays. If you're traveling, make sure you travel safe. Make sure you're still remembering your mask. And oh yeah, if you have access to the vaccine already, if you're like healthcare workers or uh, nursing home workers, all all of them. If you're one of them. I'm excited for you getting your vaccine. Apparently, I've heard I've heard rumors that when you get the vaccine, you actually get a certificate that you got the vaccine. That's yeah, I, I heard that um, too. I had uh, one of my one of my coworkers' daughters is an ICU nurse, and she got her vaccine today. I I follow a doctor on TikTok, and he did provide proof of the certification. Yeah, nice. So, so there it is. You flash that in front of a restaurant, and you get certified. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I just want to 
give a shout out to all the healthcare workers. Thank you very yeah. much for doing all that you've done. I know that right now it's a very tough time for you and very insanely busy. But yeah. uh, you also all the essential go unnoticed. Also the essential workers yeah, and the grocery just, store guys. I yeah, mean, uh, I work in that in that in the industry. All the store people. I know you guys have to put up with all the riffraff. Yeah. So all all you people who are dealing with the public and are essential workers, we're cheering yeah. for you. You're doing great. This podcast has not forgot about the essential workers. Definitely not. Yeah. So we're we're cheering for you. You you've hung on this far. You you can make it. <laughs> the vaccine's out now. Yeah. And you know, we're all keeping each other as sane as we can. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hopefully it, you know, it's going to roll out fairly slowly because of logistics, but Yeah. Oh. Uh speaking of holidays, I know this is completely derailing this. Uh so yeah, I'm um back on the track for a second. Healthcare workers, essential workers, uh, we're wishing you a nice Christmas, a, a Merry Christmas. We're, we're hoping you have something to be happy about. We're hoping that, that things are brighter for you at this time, um, and, and we're wishing you the best. Uh, Back to where my thoughts derailed. I have a friend in an online chat um, who got something really, really funny in the mail. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. He got in the no, mail. So. <laughs> he got a Christmas card in the mail. Not okay. just any Christmas card. Somehow he ended up with a Christmas card from... Oh shoot, Ryan Reynolds, the act the Deadpool actor. Yeah, yeah. You mean Ryan Reynolds? Two guys, the pizza place. Two guys, a girl, the pizza place. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They got a Christmas card from him, and and uh, it was it was kind of funny. They sent a picture, and it wasn't a Merry Christmas Christmas card. Is it was like I I would wish you. Merry Christmas, but it's 2020, so here's a uh, brooding and contemplative Christmas wish for you. <laughs> so that does sound Ryan Reynoldish. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how he ended up on that mailing list, but he got that Christmas card in the mail. Jealous. Yeah. It was. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, but yeah, I, I just thought it was hilarious. Anyway. Let's talk about what's going on for us right now. Um, we'll start with Edwin. What's up? All right. You were talking about something that's gotten pulled. What is no longer an option for a holiday gift right now? Cyberpunk 2077. As rated M. So and I've, heard, I've heard it's rated M for a reason, but why is well, it suddenly off target? Well, here's the thing. Um, people in the gaming community have found out that for some crazy odd reason if you play Cyberpunk 2077 on the previous version 
a previous generation of consoles, the PS4 and the Xbox, uh, whatever. I forgot what it's called. But Xbox One, it has performance issues. Uh-oh. Graphical performance issues. Uh-oh. And bugs. Oh, no. A buddy of mine has that version, and it, you can tell. It's somewhat playable, but nowhere near if you've played it on a PS5. So, in fact, one of my other co-workers returned it. Oh, no. Because it just was not playable for him. So, the makers of the game have pulled it off the shelves and took it out of the PlayStation Store and the Xbox Store. So, it's... It's not a... I don't know what they were thinking, but a lot of people are sort of, you know, like, felt like whoever has a PS4 or an Xbox One have been kicked aside by by the by the makers of the game in favor of the of the newer generations that nobody can get right now. Right. So Unless you're playing it on a PC, right? On a high-end PC. I'm you may not... I don't know what it looks like for the PC. I don't have that game. I don't know anybody who's playing it on the PC. You know, maybe it's better, but you cannot... It's it's not good when, when it comes to the... I'm hoping to, they're fixing that for the people who still are on PS4 and Xbox One. That's the question. I don't know. Yeah. And it's kind of, I mean, it's making, this was the the most highly anticipated game. I mean, it's not. The, because it has, what's his, what's his name? Um, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves in it and everything, right? It's supposed to be a really good game. And when they play it, it yeah. it's Well, not to mention to they also had how many years to yeah. produce a good game? Yeah. They had it. It is a good game. It's just. I yeah. think I think they didn't, I didn't. I don't think they thought this one through. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I did hear rumors that they did release some kind of a patch, um, but I haven't mm. heard anything in terms of like, is it playable now? I have no idea. Yeah. But the fact that you cannot get an Xbox uh, Xbox One X or S, a PlayStation Digital Edition, or the PlayStation Five, like normal PlayStation Five right now. I mean, it's kind yeah, of a- it's kind of a bummer. I mean, it's another 2020 bummer. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's that's what it pretty much chalks <laughs> up to. And you know, it's you know, it's it's uh, in the fact that you know, what are we? You know, we're still playing Animal Crossing. Maybe we're playing other games and stuff like that. But <laughs> in the words of one of my coworkers, I have nothing to play. Hey. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, if any of our listeners have that game and have experienced that glitch, I wonder if the if you know if the patch was able to, you know, yeah. rectify yeah. or yeah. resolve yeah, if, all those. Bugs. I have my I have my issues the way that that games are released these days, but that's another podcast. I mean, the yeah. way that the way that they're using in my line of work when I when I went to school and I saw what they were doing. Why are they doing that? It just makes people angrier and angrier. 
in my mind. But that's for another episode that I can rant yeah. and rave. But I guess you chalk that <laughs> up to one thing that's not going to be on someone's uh, old PlayStation. Yeah. Well, it could. It already could be in someone's uh, under. It might be under people's trees. I mean, well, maybe. You know, maybe. I mean. But once yeah. they open it up and they see it's a PS4 game rather than a PS5 game and whatever, you know, or it's going to be one of those things where they know exactly what they're in for. Yeah. So. And any anyone who is interested in the game, it's rated M. And from what I hear, it is rated M for good reason. So if you are not of the persuasion or age to play such a game, um, <laughs> wait until you're 18. Anyway. I can't. I can't wait to play it. <laughs> because, Maybe it is best to wait. Because it 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 uh, it, it I mean, it scratches all my itches for games like that. So. <laughs> oh, you aren't you working on another game? Yeah, I'm still working through Far Cry Five. I, <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, it's it it it's scratching some itches, but it's, not it's, all of them. It's scratching. It's scratching. <laughs> quite a bit of itches especially for the 2020 campaign year and Anyways. on occasion <laughs> animal crossing but... yes. yeah I've, I'm, do I'm still working on cleaning up my island uh, it's looking better well I, I guess we go over to Pam <laughs> Pam okay yeah speaking of animal crossing um so there's this new thing uh, for toy day there it's their event for one of one of one of their events going on, there's Toy Day that we mentioned in the last podcast episode, and um, there's now Snow Boys. It's basically a two-tiered uh, snow snowman that you could create, and if you create like the perfect snowman, they have to be uh, you know correct proportions and everything. They gift you with stuff and i believe it's like a large snowflake which you can only get through them and possibly a new craft and we only got it like the first time i also only got it right the first time and i'm trying to recreate how i did it the first time i i did it every, by accident because <laughs> every time every time i did it henceforth it was just the wrong proportions, and these snowboys have some attitude. Uh, they heckle. It's uh, like, mm -hmm, I wish I, I, w I would be happy, but something doesn't feel right, or something like that. And it's more like, a, I'm trying, okay? I would probably uh, use the angry emoji. Or the, or the response the, of, oh, go ahead. In the upset emoji, and is there like something that sort of like a derogatory hand gesture emoji that I can do? No, okay. no, there is not. <laughs> Hello, oh. I would. No, um, but yeah, so that's that's like my goal. Yeah, my new I, Animal Crossing goal. I'm I'm putting toys aside for now, solely because I could create the perfect snowboy so that I could get some more stuff to craft. Please, yeah. Um, it, but okay, fine. In other news, more jolly news. Um, this uh, this upcoming uh, weekend, and it's the weekend before uh, Christmas. Um, my husband is actually um, writing up his own holiday campaign. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. What? 
has he given you any hints or no? no? I yeah. don't know. Knowing knowing him, I'm pretty sure it might be Krampus related. Maybe. Mm. Are, are you using your regular characters or new characters? Um, he's leaving it up to us if if players want to create like their own characters specifically for this one shot. They can. Please. I'm. Please I'm sorry, tell yeah. me. Please tell me that he's gonna put the 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 uh the character sheet or the monster sheet for Santa Claus as a as a lich king <laughs> that would be great you know very well that i can't ask him now <laughs> oh, jeff you. if you're listening to this this is the, this is lich this king is the santa issue. claus it's on the internet i'm telling you <laughs> see this is the issue with being married to the DM and being the player of that campaign. Oh, I do it to Angela all the time. I'm pretty sure she does the same thing to you, too. <laughs> but it's more like the whole, okay. And you try to, you know, I try to get subtle hints like, are there, are there going to be elves there? Or are, is it rabid reindeer, reindeers or something? You take you take the owl bear stats and just put in the reindeers and ha rabid reindeers and then yeah, Lich King Santa Claus. But you need different <laughs> stats because reindeer can, these Santa's reindeer can fly. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute! It's not Santa Claus who's the Lich King. I completely got this it's wrong. Frosty the snowman. Frosty the snowman right, is the go. Lich there King. There you go. <laughs> Frosty is not Jeff. I retract. Frosty the snowman should be your 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 end game. Lich King. So that's that's very exciting, and he is really into it. He's drawing all the maps by himself, and um, I don't know. He, it's just something, another holiday thing that we need to get done. Not <laughs> like there's not enough other holiday stuff going on, he. but I'm excited. I'm excited about it. That sounds exciting. Holiday one-shots are fun. I'm actually going to be playing in a holiday one-shot tomorrow. We'll see what happens with that. I don't know and anything. But one of my favorite things about being a DM married to a player is sometimes when the player is asking questions, it gives you ideas of horrible, horrible, bad things to do to people. I will tell you this. When I was a DM and I was introducing all you guys to D&D... &D, <laughs> Angela and well, and, well, Jeff too, because every every time that Jeff came into the room when we were doing a session, he's gonna kill us. He's gonna kill us. Angela goes to me and says, "Please don't kill us. Please don't kill us." And I'm sitting there going like, "I'm I don't I'm trying not to, but that means you guys have to learn your characters as well." <laughs> The oh, correct I, answer is yes, but not really. <laughs> uh, and remember, and I like it how how everyone is saying, "Oh no, we're gonna we're gonna die," and the paladin is silent. <laughs> I have never got came into a room saying we're gonna die. Well, usually, <laughs> I honestly think that players should not 
worry about the oh. campaign until their tank worries. Yeah. <laughs> until the, the healer dies and a tank worries, <laughs> then you start to worry. I'm the tank, though. Yeah. My thing is, like, Edwin has this habit of, like, hey, you know, it'd be nice to see one of these kinds of monsters. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I did well, tell was... you. Here's another thing. My husband paints minis, and he was painting this little young, or I shouldn't say little, um, young green dragon. And I walked in, and I was like, oh, hey, is that going to be part of the campaign? And then he's like, maybe. And I was like, that sounds like a challenge. <laughs> painting figures. Since Jeff paints pig figures, that is a good hint of what's up to, up and coming. Yes. Right? So You wouldn't be painting figures. Oh, hey, where can people find uh, Jeff's Instagram for his minis? Yeah. Oh, uh, it's uh, 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 Torgi. Uh, I think it's Torgi's minis. Yeah. Uh, he takes Instagram commission. and on Facebook. So. And he takes commissions on those too, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the prices are on are on the website. Yeah, because he's he does a good job on them. Yeah. So, so back to the dragon. So I made it my personal goal that we're gonna go straight for the dragon. <laughs> and the other players, they're all new players to D and D just in general. Oh, they didn't get the hint that I was leading them to the harder path. You were leading them down the path of destruction and <laughs> and uh Wait a minute, what game is this? This is our current campaign. It's not the one shot that is gonna happen oh, tomorrow, okay. but it's 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 the ongoing one. Well oh, this is the this is the campaign with, with Jeff's family? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fun. <laughs> you know, I tried doing that in Angela's campaign. What? Trying to just like, let's just go into the castle. Let's just go. <laughs> oh, but people have seen me giggle and like smile when you suggest that. Everybody's like, it's just like everybody's like. Everybody is terrified of talk. what I'm it, It's like, it's like one of those like old school like RPG games, you know, Edwin? video RPG game where you have to talk to every single person in the village. Edwin? It's like, let's just, let's just go. Edwin? They hesitate because they are terrified. <laughs> Are you the Leroy Jenkins? <laughs> the Leroy Jenkins? You know, that video of World of Warcraft, there's just one dude just going straight, just running down through a whole high-level aggro. I think it was a dungeon. And everyone, it was like a group of players, they were trying to plan out how they were going to do things, and then this player was like, I'm going to go for it, and then he yelled out, Leroy Jenkins! And aggroed everything in that area. <laughs> they didn't survive. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just feel like he wants to fight some baddies. I, I just fight some though. baddies. Like we, I don't know. Like damn. Okay, here I'll I'll give you this. I play a damage wizard, right? Yeah. Okay. Wizards who are damage wizards don't really heal. They just. Fire wizard spells yeah. at a thing yeah. and make it die real fast. Yeah. That's what we do. So if we're sitting... Yeah, so if we're sitting around 
talking to every person in the village, guess what? He's itching to to well, throw a fireball at something. Hey, Edwin, I honestly think that that is also your character, too. That's how you built your wizard character to be. Yeah. Very Not curious. Not every wizard very, is a, very you know, like, let's, uh, fireball. Yeah, I was like, let's go talk to the, you know, what was that one part of the campaign where it's just like, I'll talk to them. And <laughs> everybody was like trying to hold me back. Yes. <laughs> I remember. It took me and two other players. We yelled out, no. And we literally pulled your character back. <laughs> you wanted to talk to a a. Uh, I forgot what it was. You wanted to it talk was the sea man. The south. I I pronounce it Sawajin. Oh yes. Like they they were jumpy characters and and uh, underwater and had a bad reputation. And uh, you wanted to just suddenly pop up in their lair. He's like, hi. <laughs> Is anyone home? I just basically remember, like, you guys are, like, trying to figure out what to do. And I'm like, let's just go talk to Watch them. It. Watch it, Edwin. One day. One day. <laughs> all the group will be like, you know what? Go for it. <laughs> I probably would as a character. <laughs> uh, you are starting out with a fight next time. So. Yeah, we are starting out with a fight. There, it'll 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 relieve <sighs> your itch. So, anyway, have... all right. So, <laughs> what have you been up to? Okay, I've been working a lot, and I work in the basement, and it's cold outside, and it's cold in the basement. So I'm like constantly cold. So I was looking for a variety of things that I could drink to warm myself up. And I stumbled across this uh, website that sells different kinds of tea. And so I got myself a bunch of sample sizes of their herbal tea. Uh, I believe the website is dryadtea.com. Dryad Tea does not sponsor this podcast, by the way. So I, <laughs> I stumbled across it and you know, ordered a bunch of herbal tea and I've They've got some really good ones. Like there was one is like, eh, not sure how I feel about it, but they have some really good ones. Um, they've got, and one of the funny things about it is, the tea that they sell is fantasy themed. Like it's, they, they decide on a name for what they're look for what they're gonna make, and then they figure out what's gonna go into it to kind of fit with that theme. Like they've got one called Baby Dragon Rider, and it's it's tasty, but it's got a kick at the back. I wonder if it's like what cinnamon. I think or it's stronger. I think it's got a little bit of cinnamon in it, but it's also got red pepper flakes in it. That's the kick in the back. Well, that's perfect for you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's funny because like when you when you're sipping it, you like. It, you don't taste much of the spice, but when you when you swallow the tea, that's when you get the kick at the bag. It's like, whoa. Hmm. Interesting. So it's it's tasty. And there's one that I got that's called um, Loki's Kiss. Oh, really? Yeah. It's it's kind of a uh, got a little bit of a white chocolate peppermint taste oh. to it. Uh, it is really tasty though. It's like does the it, 
the peppermint isn't very very strong in it. Like it's very mild peppermint to it. Mm-hmm. But it's got that chocolateness to it. This it's really tasty. I wonder. I wonder if it has a picture of Tom Hiddleston it as does, Loki. It does not. Aww. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> I know. So did you? So did you order like a variety or just? Oh yeah, just... I I ordered oh. a bunch. Like there was the baby, the baby dragon rider. I also got one called Seely, which basically it's kind of fairy themed. Okay. Um. There's also, um, one called Clockwork Professor, which is basically a a herbal version of Earl Grey. Not sure how I feel about that one just yet. Okay. Um, there's also one that I just tried tonight called um, Golden Afternoon, kind of you know Alice in Wonderland. Okay. Uh, and then there's also I think I got Fate's Chosen. I don't think I've tried that one. And there's a couple more that I can't remember the names of right now, but hmm. They, okay. They, they are tasty. There's a couple of them that have kind of chocolate notes to them. Um, and, you know, since it's herbal tea instead of hot chocolate, I can keep the sugar down in it as I need to, or I can sweeten it as I want. And, you know, it's a little healthier than drinking hot cocoa all the time. What? (laughs) I know. It's like, how is anything healthier than hot cocoa all day, every day? Now, is this, is, is where you bought it? Is it just teas that they sell, or they they sell other things too? Like um, they sell tea accessories. I got a little um, tea infuser thing that's got a little dragon charm on it. Oh, that's um, cute. Yeah, they've got infusers. They've got a special measuring spoon. They've got a they've got a lot of accessories and a couple other things besides just tea related thing, but. It's mostly tea and tea-related things. Okay, awesome. It is. It was. It's lovely, and it's it's a nice thing to have when it's cold outside or cold in the basement. And you know, I could imagine Santa enjoying a nice cup of something warm that maybe isn't a glass of milk or maybe isn't hot cocoa, something to cleanse the palate or or something like that. Um, anyway, let's move on to something exciting. There's some news about a thing, so let's shut up and listen. That is the purpose of this meeting, ladies and gentlemen, for a nationwide campaign by you to demand by law such compulsory education. Okay, Edwin, what did you find out? You heard about a movie. Oh, that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that it's so exciting he forgot <laughs> no i had things in my head um <laughs> it's it's so, so forgotten it's so as, exciting as I okay so going back to the D theme uh uh it was reported by uprocks.com that chris pine is reportedly ready to roll for initiative in a Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> movie. Ha 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 ha. You see what they did there? I see what they did. Yeah. Um, That's so clever. So, 
apparently there's a Dungeons and Dragons movie that's that's on that's slated to be made with Chris Pine, and this is the first time I've heard of it. Um, according to the Hollywood Reporter, Pine is set to star in the movie based on the pen and paper RPG from Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, uh, the two guys who made uh, Game Night. And apparently they're using a previous script that was made by Michael Gilio. Okay. So. I don't know. What do you guys think about this? <laughs> I'm actually, well, it's d and I'm excited. <laughs> and I personally like Chris Pine. Okay, I mean, we're... as an actor, I mean, he is attractive, but as an actor, he's good. Um, <laughs> right, now, but... quick, quick question for listeners and friends like me who might not know who Chris Pine is. What might they find him in? Like, what what are some of his um, movies? The new, the new Star Trek movies? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he plays Captain Kirk, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I wasn't a fan. Oh. Sorry. Meh. <laughs> but anyways, according to this report, um, these two did Game Night, which is pretty much sort of like... Uh, have you guys ever watched the movie Jumanji? Yeah. Yeah. The one with Robert yeah. Williams? Yeah. Or the new one? Well, the new one. Oh, oh no, I the, the one with, uh, with the Dwayne Rock. Johnson? Yeah. No, I haven't. Well, I've seen it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Considering what this these two's uh, um, reputation is, most likely it's going to look something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Here, here's my issue. There has already been a Dungeons & Dragons movie. Has there? Oh, oh, yes. And it was not that great. Wait, but here's... <laughs> like, how old is this movie? This has got to be made when third edition was up, I want to say. Long, while, <laughs> long back. while Like, back in the 90s, a while long back. Okay. So... Here's, here's the question, though. Have they said if they're making it, like, if the movie takes place in one of the Dungeons & Dragons settings, or is it well, who people knows? playing the game? Uh, who knows? Because... I hope it's not going to be one of those things where, uh, where it's two worlds, you know, mm-hmm. like the player world versus the D and D world. You mean like Darkness Rising, but serious? Yeah. Hmm. I hope it's not going to be like that. It's really here's the thing: it is really hard to make a movie based on a game. Yeah. You know? Okay, now here's 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 my hope. If they are going to base it on the like on how an actual campaign goes, they need to throw things into it that a uh devious DM actually would throw at their characters. Like horrible dark plot twists like Oh hey, you know that monster that you that you rescued and you know it was it was cool and it was friendly? Oh yeah, we're going to give you another one, but uh, when you free it, it's actually going to go on a rampage and become the big bad of the game. Thanks, Ross. 
I mean... Okay, there's some tension there. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's it's a it's a great campaign, but it's yeah, there was some deviousness going in there. Yeah, I don't know what I mean. I don't know what to expect. I'm actually not very. Um, I'm hopeful it'll be good. Like, there's some people who complain about like the Warcraft movie mm-hmm. that's that was like based on the video game, MMO World of Warcraft, right? Mm-hmm. When people some complain about that, but it's like, well, how much can you do with a movie that's based on a game without making it look like a game? Well, <laughs> you know? I also have a question: When, who is the target audience for this movie? I have is no. Is it supposed to be for like well, when Sonic the Hedgehog came out? I was leery because that's a part of my childhood. That was my first game. Don't you dare, you know, crush yeah. my memories. But when I actually watched it, it was actually a, it was a decent homage. It wasn't the greatest movie, but I enjoyed it. I'm and I'm wondering, is this D and D movie geared to that same audience, or is it trying to draw? I would imagine it. I would imagine it'd be the same people who were getting drawn by. Stranger Things, because okay. it is obvious to me. In my head, it's obvious that they're trying to ride the try to ride on, you know, the, the rebirth of D and D. You know, and all these like diehard nerds have been playing D and D for like a long time before Stranger Things, right? I don't okay. think they're sort of the audience for this. They might actually, you know, they'll go watch it and stuff like that. But I mean. The people who I think the people who like Stranger Things and they saw this thing that they were playing, you know, and then they sort of got into the game because of Stranger Things. I think that demographic is what they're aiming for. Okay. I, personally, I wouldn't mind seeing a uh, movie based on Critical Hit, uh, but it would have to be animated, and they would have to get the um, the actual crew of Critical Hit to do the voice acting in it because. Yeah. Which one's Critical Hit? Critical Hit is the one that <laughs> is that Angela listens to. There's so Critical many... Role okay. is the one that Jeff does. You know, just on the side here, if someone's going to make another like D&D based, you know, podcast or YouTube show, please don't put the word critical in there. Let's see Critical Hit <laughs> is like <laughs> Critical Hit is like the original Dungeons and Dragons podcast, like it's it's one of the very first, and it's definitely the longest running. Really, longer than Critical Role, Pam? Did you like to interject? Um, I don't, I don't <laughs> listen to either one. I'm oh, I thought sure, you did. I'm don't, pretty sure. Don't don't use <laughs> me. I'm I'm pretty sure Critical Role started with Fifth Edition. Critical Hit began when Fourth the, Edition was fourth still edition. relatively new. Okay. Uh huh. So. I honestly think Critical Role is more popular because of the voice actors that are mm-hmm. in it. Wasn't well, wasn't more popular because of Geek and Sundry? Maybe it it, it because had, it was it started there. Yeah. Yeah they. Yeah they they had more advertising at their start and uh, yeah. and Critic- the stars that they had they kind of had a long resume a lot of, connect- of voice yeah. acting and a lot yeah. of connections and and so they got they were able to hire like professional writers to help set up the, the well it was 
It's backed up by what's her face from huh? Buffy. What's her name? From who? From Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That what's her name? The redheaded Michelle Gellar. Oh, that's she's like the head of Geek and Sundry, and she's got like a ton of money. Marisha Ray. No, not that one. Oh I my gosh! If someone please tell me, you know, please like email me and tell me how my brain just I, parted. Dungeon Diners at gmail.com. <laughs> I don't know her. I yes. forgot her name. Ah, she's a redhead. It's not Felicia Day. Though. Felicia Day. It is Felicia Day. Yeah, Felicia Day. That's her. She was the one who started Geek and Sundry. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if she has any part of Critical Role though. No, she doesn't. But she she. Yeah, so they she she it's in her channel. Yeah, they had they had a lot of big names. Oh yeah, yeah. It started with Geek Sundry. They now have their own channel. I mean, what's her what's his name from? Was it uh, Wesley Wesley Crusher was was like part of Geek Sundry for the longest longest time. Yeah, Will Wheaton. So yeah, so yeah. So they they had a lot of big names already in it, and Critical Hit um, is it's just. People from um, the major spoilers network and people that they know personally. Yeah. So, yeah, but they they've got a pretty big fan base because well they've been going for forever. Uh, I'm still sad that the Void Saga wrapped up. I missed those characters so bad. So I mean, back to the movie. I hope they don't <laughs> screw this up. I really yeah. hope so because I it's also hard. think that this is it, you know I think it's too and early because they're still in the planning stage. Oh yeah, I think. know. Yeah. But it but it nothing can beat the the human imagination. I ho- it's very hard to transfer that onto the screen. I hope because it's a tried and true plot uh, plot sequence plot uh, what do you call it? you know like general plot. I hope it sort of turns out to be like. Um, Kurosawa's Seven Samurais, and uh, which is like, which is like, there, Kurosawa is, was the pioneer of the whole plot, plot of, uh, hey, let's get the gang back together, and you know, and and go save this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's where like Ocean's Elevens comes from. That's where. That's where uh, like Ghostbusters pretty much takes off from that. Okay. Um, Star Wars takes off from that. Um, I mean, you you ask anybody who's in the film industry and say the name Kurosawa, and they know exactly who you're talking about, and they'll probably praise him like to the end of days, he... because he was one of the greatest filmmakers who pioneered this kind of thing. I hope it's like that, because if they try to do something really really weird. Or try to do something completely left, you know, like... Completely new and experimental. Yeah. No. No. That would be a fail in my book. (laughs) Well, want to bet on it? (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, good luck, uh, Jonathan Goldstein, John Francis Daly. Please don't make me hate Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) I don't think that they intend to. I I think it'll. It's more a. Will you connect it with Dungeons and Dragons, or will it be something completely different? That's yeah. How 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 well is it connect? 
How well will it connect or how badly will it disconnect? That's the question. Well, I'll tell you one thing. The old Dungeons & Dragons movies that was made way back when didn't really connect with Dungeons & Dragons, the game. Yeah. So... (laughs) Yeah. let's, Let's turn our thoughts to something more sure and more festive. Let's talk some cookies. Cookies... Where is the cookies? But regardless of the style or type of restaurant, they all have one thing in common, and that is the serving of food. It's still fresh, but I'll take only what I need. They've got to last. Okay, so last last episode... I challenged you to make some cookies that... Cookies. That, cookies that you have never made before. And I don't know if you... Notice in this episode, I'm kind of lethargic because all the cookies I ate before the show. <laughs> How are you doing, Edwin? I don't know. <laughs> oh. I don't know. <laughs> He's still dealing with the sugar intake. Yeah, I can't handle the sugar. I'm sorry. I think. Okay, well, Edwin, would you like to tell us about your cookie first, then? My cookie The cookie that made you so lethargic? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... I... My my, uh, cookie was pretty... It was pretty involved. Uh, What's what's it called? Involved. Yeah, it's called a date and walnut cookie roll. Hmm. So... Yeah, so it's... It's a roll, so it kind of looks like, on its you know on its face, it kind of looks like a like how cinnamon rolls would look like, or or sticky buns would look like, except for it's a okay. cookie. So and therefore really really flat. <laughs> therefore really really flat, and it's not fluffy, and it probably has ten times more sugar than <laughs> it needs. Um. So what it is is a standard um brown sugar cookie base right so you got your butter your flour your baking soda your brown sugar right and you do you know and you and you stir it all up make into a dough right Mm -hmm. and chill it or in my case i put in the freezer because i didn't have time (laughs) <laughs> um so took it out and rolled it flat into a sheet okay while that thing was chilling i went to the stove and i put the i made a date paste okay okay so dates like medjool dates mm-hmm. and took the seeds out and then wait 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 so these were fresh dates that you these were these are fresh dates oh okay yeah. Didn't you notice? I was working an 11-hour <laughs> day. I'm oh. sorry. I did not. Okay. So, yeah. They were fresh <laughs> okay. dates. They were fresh dates I got from my store. And, you know, took out the, cut them, took out the seeds, and put them into a, a uh, food processor and made a paste out of it. Okay. With a little... Basically, if you ever try to mix dates and you put a little flour, it's going to turn into a paste. So, okay. yeah. And put all of that into with some water, put it on top of the stove, 
and put a cup of sugar. That's right. More sugar on <laughs> dates that are pretty much sugar. Is the <laughs> right? Okay. Sugar, sugar, so, more sugar. So we've got the carbs from the cookie, which has sugar in it. We've yep. got the dates, which are basically oh, it's brown like sugar. sugar. Brown and, sugar in the cookie. And, so there's brown sugar from the cookie. There's the dates, which are basically pure sugar, sugar pods. in a. It's a sugar pod. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> it's sugar in fruit form. Um, and more sugar to that. Okay. Yep. And then you mix that up into a salt, into a to a thinner uh, spread. Actually, it became a sauce. And then put crushed walnuts in it, and you just let it sit there, and it thickens up into. Oh, it, recons- it, it it concentrates the sugar all over again. Exactly, and so and then you put that in the freezer to keep to to chill it up, and make it more constituted, and you spread it like peanut butter on on the sheet of of cookie, right? And you roll it up. And you stick it back into the into the freezer to chill. So many times to freeze it. It is. <laughs> this is why it gets it gets really involved because the worst I think happened is that it starts to warm up, and it, things just start to sag. Blech. Right, and things just start to break up a little bit, and that's not that's never good. So put it back in the freezer, let it chill, and then once it gets a little like stiffer and a bit harder. Mm-hmm. Right, <clears throat> then you cut it up like, like a, like like those cookie rolls. tubes. Yeah, cookie tubes. You cut it up, and you get a swirl of walnut and dates in a cookie, mm. and you bake those. And crazy enough, baking is the easiest part of this <laughs> <laughs> recipe. So. Uh, that's um, what it was it was it really involved i got this i should say that i did get this recipe out of the the world famous line house cookbook i don't know if it's really okay. world famous but I, it's definitely regionally famous regionally southwest. famous in the southwest uh, yeah and it it was one of the only cookies that actually had a picture in the cookbook so i did that one because <laughs> i had something to go against so okay. <laughs> and it actually looked fairly similar to what it looked like in the picture at the end of the day. So, I'm assuming I did it right. I will say it was very tasty, but it was also very sweet. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And, and would you... How many cookies did it take for you to glick out that first time? Oh, three. <laughs> three. So, so, what would you guys rate it? I rated it a 17. I really liked it, but it was really sweet. It was it was a little overwhelming, but it was really tasty. I think it's one of those like cookies that you know you go into a restaurant and you say, "I'd like to have a cookie," and it's just one cookie, and that's it. <laughs> that's all you get. It literally is a dessert cookie. What? So. so what did you rate yours? I didn't rate it. You, well, what would you give it? What do I give it? Yeah. I gave it an eighteen. Okay. Because for all of that work and the mess I made in the kitchen and the number of times I'd run the dishwasher to clean all those (laughs) utensils, I'm giving it an 18 because it was really tasty. And it's something that I... It was well worth the work. Yeah. I mean, it's it's techniques I haven't used in a long time, you know, the chill and work 
technique. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't done that in a long time. So it was quite nice to know that I can still do it. <laughs> okay. Nice. Pam, let's jump over to your cookie. Okay. So we made a bacon oatmeal breakfast cookie with a maple glaze. Wait, wait, wait. Bacon? Yes. Bacon oatmeal cookie with maple glaze. That sounds really good, actually. Yes, this was dubbed a breakfast cookie, and I don't know if it was because it had maple in it. And this called for actual real maple. Okay, where did you find this recipe? Allrecipes.com. Uh-huh. Okay. okay, so how did There's it go? I'm. That one actually um, was pretty good because i was always fascinated with how bacon can you know be incorporated with other treats like brownies and i think i think i tasted bacon in a cake yes something else anyway bacon on a donut is the best thing in the world i'm telling you uh, i wouldn't know i don't i don't need donuts but okay um but um yeah so i never tried it in a cookie so this was interesting and i wasn't i'm not a big fan of oatmeal but i kind of figured that you know with the maple glaze and the bacon it might actually taste better and it did nice it did and my my concern was that with with the um with the bacon being a you know kind of a meat that will pieces pieces of bacon kind of ruin the texture of the cookie Right. So what we did is that we chopped it off really well. Yeah. So that, you know, it's not as apparent that, oh, I got a bacon in my mouth. But it was, when I tasted it, I was expecting to taste like the salt uh-huh. of it. You don't. Mm-mm. Oh, nice. Mm-mm. It was a little bit of a disappointment because I, I like my my treats salty. <laughs> but maybe it's a good thing because... You get actually the sweet taste from the maple glaze, in my opinion. What kind of bacon did you use? Original Hormel, I think. Oh, that's interesting. Why? Because the salt, I mean, like if you get like a like a conventional like bacon. Well, if you get like a thick cut Hormel bacon type thing, you probably could taste the salt. Because they put they they dump a lot of salt in in the thick cut bacon, in the ones you get in the, in the grocery store because they're cured. So, oh yeah. So basically, the recipe needs to to specify what kind of bacon. Yeah, yeah they they only said half pound bacon, and yeah. we're like, okay, we'll we'll just go with any type of bacon. But um yeah. um, for an oatmeal cookie, I would I would eat that a lot actually. And I I kind of view this as a cookie is that like that I would eat if I was in a rush, like I overslept or something and I just needed something to eat on the go, I would grab this. Nice. So it was it really was a breakfast in a cookie thing. And we actually rated it an eighteen. Nice. I'll have to try that one. I can send you the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Angela, what's what was your cookie? My own cookie was it's called a Welsh tea cake. 
Welsh tea cake? Welsh tea cake. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it was fairly simple. Um, I found it in a, an old uh, Taste of Home cookbook from, I think it was from 2007. Okay. Um, and it, it's a cookbook that's dedicated to sweets and stuff. Uh, so the recipe was fairly simple. It was one of those kind of ones that you have to roll it out and cut out the shapes. Um, and the, the cookie itself wasn't really that sweet. Um, and the instructions have an alternate, an optional instruction on them where you add sugar, um, to the top of it after it's been baked. Um, I wasn't entirely clear on that, but then I kind of put the book away before I finished the batch of cookies. <laughs> and so I didn't want to dig it out and I didn't want to read the instruct go read the instructions. I just knew that it was supposed to have sugar on top of it um as an option. So I tried a couple different things. Um we tasted it with powdered sugar on top. Um I later made I made a few of them with actual granulated sugar sprinkled on top before they went in the oven, just to see how that went. Um, and I, I think having the sugar on it does benefit it. I think, I think I like the powdered sugar on top a little better though. Okay. Um, the thing that's probably going to throw people off on this one is the recipe calls for currants. Currants are Ooh. getting increasingly difficult to find. Um, and they're basically a type of very tiny raisin. I was going to say, you could probably, you could probably substitute it with raisins. If yeah, you, you have currants. Yeah, you could probably substitute it with raisins, um, or other small dried fruit. Uh, currants is going to give you the, the... The best texture. Yeah, it's it's gonna give you a really good texture, yeah. and it's gonna it's gonna give you a slightly different flavor, because currants do have a slightly different flavor from regular raisins. Um, I rather liked it. Um, I personally gave it a a uh, seventeen. I'm not. I'm a little bit of a cookie snob. I'm I'm not a cookie fanatic just a little bit more snobby on my cookies so <laughs> i i gave it a 17 did everyone try it yeah that's why i'm kind of uh, lethargic right now <laughs> <clears throat> so it was more cookies today. um i gave it a 16 because of the, of the lethargic feeling yeah and it was one of those cookies if you didn't have any sugar on it or anything like that we tried it without sugar it kind of tasted more like a a scone. A scone. It did have a very oh, scone-like texture. A really, really texture. fat, like a really flat scone. It did have a rather scone-like texture. I so, will admit that. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was good. I mean, I'd eat it. I mean, I, I mean, if it was put in front of my my, it was put if if it was put in front of me on a plate, I would not. I mean, I would I would eat it. I would <laughs> accept and eat. So, <laughs> I I. I do personally like it, so I would probably make it again. 
I I did enjoy it, and I decided to make up one of my herbal teas to go with it. I will I will say I will say it was a nice change of of taste when I didn't have the one with sugar in it because it was already glicking out from the other cookies. Mm -hmm. So eating something that wasn't nearly as as sweet, but more of like a cracker. So probably it's like a non-cookie cookie. It's yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah it's because, yeah, like I said, it's a, it's the name of the cookie is Welsh tea cake. So yeah. it's it's like it's supposed to go with something else. It's supposed to go with tea. It's, yeah, it's it's not supposed <laughs> to be real heavy because it's supposed to be paired with other things. And yeah. right, and it's yeah, it's it's not a thing that you. I don't know where I'm going with that thought. Never mind. Eat by itself. Yeah, it's it's not a thing you would eat by your by itself. It's not a dessert cookie. It's not a hey, this is a treat at the end of the day. No, this is like, yeah, just something to snack on while you have tea, I guess. Right. Yeah. Okay. So there it is. Um, that's what we made, and we're gonna take a break from uh, our challenges. Our challenges since it is a holiday season. We're gonna pick it up again after the holidays. Um, so let's move on. Well, before we get too far in there, um, you know, it is holidays, so everybody's having some of their favorite holiday foods. So, um, Edwin. Yes. What? Okay, we, there's holiday foods that come out only around Christmas. I got to ask you. What is your favorite holiday food? Like, I don't get enough sugar. <laughs> um, it I could go, be savory, too. Well, here's the thing. What do I get every year that I try to find at a certain store oh. at a certain time that has that's probably not anywhere good for me? Oh, you like the stolen. Yes. Oh wait, is that the one that I the one tried that... one time? Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, ew! You can keep it. You yeah, keep the... it. it's the German fruit cake or fruit bread or whatever the heck it is, with marzipan. Yeah, it's 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 the it's what fruit cake wishes it could be. Yes, and Pam does not care for it. <laughs> Here's the I thing. <clears throat> so you can only get this over at. Aldi's, which is a uh, which is a discount grocery store here in our area, once a year at a certain time of year, which is the holidays, and after after holidays, it just disappears and you can't have it again. Yeah, so what do I do? What do I do? I buy a ton of these things, put it in the freezer. <laughs> You didn't stockpile the freezer. Oh, no. I'm going to have to go to Aldi on Monday. I didn't stockpile the freezer. But I don't think I want it because I got so much. At least right now, what I feel with all the sugar that's like just just surging through my, my body that I have completely regret. You'll change your mind <laughs> I, by Monday. I may change your mind by, on, by Monday. So just get one. It's, and then it'll probably trickle down. <laughs> it, is, it is just, yeah. I have to get two. Cookies was a mistake. <laughs> I'll just tell you that. So. Right, Pam, what is your favorite food around the holidays? Um, you know, I 
I wasn't aware of the Scandinavian uh, holiday treats until I married my husband. And ever since then, I, I'm a lover of lefsa and krumkakas. Mm. Are those a holiday thing? Pardon? Yeah. Lefsa? Yeah. Well, yeah. Because I, I distinctly remember having, like, lefsa, like, uh, in July. Yeah, some people make lefsa year-round, but it's traditionally a holiday treat. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm a big yeah. fan of lefsa, too. My um, my in-laws make it every time, like around the holidays, and they sell some to give it away, and uh, they do. It is pretty profitable and high high demand, if you know what it is. Same um, with krumkakas, because krumkakas they take they take a while because they are like in a cone shape. Yep. Very labor extensive, but also good. <laughs> I bet they make a profit. I mean, we live in Minnesota, which is like Scandinavian land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. But, you know, I've lived here all my life, and I never tasted either one until really? I met my husband. Wow. And, uh, and it's that's always been the highlight of, you know, this is the holiday season when we whip out the left side of cream cuckers. I distinctly <laughs> remember my parents looking at this this flatbread and wondering what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was growing up, because one of our neighbors, like, gave us, like, a stack of them. <laughs> and we didn't know yeah, what it like, was. What and then they told us, they told us, like, oh, yeah, you put, like, butter and jelly and whatever. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we go to the store and buy, like, Smucker's jelly. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, the the beauty thing, the beautiful thing about Lefsa is that it's very, you can, pers- uh, you could put almost anything on it. Yeah. And- and it, you know, it really varies with taste. Some, some eat it by itself. Some eat it with meatballs and gravy. And some put. I was told someone put molasses on theirs. Interesting. Interesting. That is an interesting uh, choice. Well, it less is like any other. I mean, Lessa is not. It's it's, it's a vehicle for something else, <laughs> right? <laughs> for something else. Yeah, it is. It's a vehicle for something else. It's just like bread, like. Like Wonder Bread, it's a vehicle for something else. Vehicle for peanut butter. Yeah, and jelly. Yeah, my husband likes that <laughs> with peanut butter. He has that too. See? But yeah, so actually we did try the store-bought lefsa. It's not the same. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No. Homemade is still the best. Yeah. Yeah. So. I need to learn how to make lefsa because I don't have anybody making lefsa for me anymore. Well- you can come on over and we can teach you. Although you do need a special... Uh, you need a press. Not a press. It's a... <laughs> it's got... Rounding, like a griddle. Oh, like a crepes griddle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can show you, yeah. you know, I'll when bring, you can. I'll bring the potatoes, you? you know. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what Angela? What's your holiday? Uh, uh, oh gosh, here I was enjoying hearing you talk about your favorites and and I forget <laughs> I didn't even think about which one I should claim as my favorite. Mincemeat pie. <gasps> Mincemeat pie is fantastic, but that's not a strictly Christmas thing. Um is it traditionally Christmas? I don't think it's traditionally Christmas. I think Well, I've been watching the this this Victorian farm like thing and they had mincemeat pie during Christmas. <laughs> so I, we and that was the Victorian era. 
Yeah, my family doesn't treat it as a strictly Christmas food, though. Probably not. So mm, I don't know that yeah. I can claim that one. Though if you're talking in a historical sense, yes, that's probably my favorite. If you're talking right now, um, oh gosh. Just a side note, I do not like Miss Sweet Pie. <laughs> I tried it, and I cannot say I like it or dislike it. It's it's a little it, bit of an acquired taste. It, it, yeah. <laughs> I'm still, that means you I'm have to get used to the taste. That, that thinking, that, that circle that, you know, keeps on blinking when there's a load screen. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's my brain on mincemeat pie. Uh, what, what is a food that I only get at Christmas time? Um, while I do like Stolen and Lefsa, I'm not sure that I could claim those. Um... Oh, gosh. Like, is there, like, a special, like, dinner-ish, maybe? One of the things that I particularly enjoy is um, the spiral-cut ham, but not not your regular honey-glazed ham. I'm talking the kind that's got the um, cinnamon glaze on it. Like, Edwin, that kind of ham that we had at our wedding. Oh, you like that? With the cinnamon glaze on it? I love it. I was wondering where, who came up with that at our wedding. I was like, I just went with it. I'm like, and it was really good. I'm, it was really good. But I just was like, this is like off of left field. Yeah, I, I really like the, I really like a spiral cut ham with a cinnamon glaze. And the leftovers that get, the leftovers, new forms as they get used for other things. Like, hmm. you know, there's, there's a ham and green noodle casserole. That's pretty good. There's the split pea soup. If you put the ham bone in it to get that ham mm-hmm. flavor into it, so good. I I think probably that's my favorite thing in at Christmas time is a is a good ham, because it's <sighs> it's good straight out of the oven, and there's so many different leftovers you can make from it. Just one of my favorites. As, as, as long as we've been married, I know I haven't made it. <laughs> we're this is new. This is like a like a like a. This is like a revelation. <laughs> so, well, see, I, the last time I made a ham, I was gonna do things with it, and well, you know. ADHD kicking in, and I completely forgot I was gonna do stuff with it. Well, that settles it. I want to go get a ham. Please do. <laughs> cinnamon glaze. It's gotta be the cinnamon glaze. While you're at Aldi. While I'm at Aldi's getting my stolen, I'll go get a ham. Yep. <laughs> but it's we gotta get the cinnamon glaze on it though, because cinnamon glaze is so good. Okay, so I have to find out where to get those packets from. I guess. <laughs> Or just find a good recipe for cinnamon glaze. I just find it funny that after our wedding, and this was like maybe like a month after we were married, I all of a sudden find myself with packets of this stuff <laughs> in a cupboard. I was like, where did these come from? And I found out it came from our wedding. It came from the <laughs> for the person who was catering the wedding. And I'm like, we bought these. <laughs> it's like, what do I do with it? So, <laughs> surprise. Yeah, now I don't have them anymore. 
So I gotta go we need to find a good recipe for a cinnamon glaze because that was amazing. Yeah. But also, I like the the pistachio salad, which is not actually a salad. It's it's, it's basically it gets called a salad so it can be put on the dinner table. <laughs> it's not a salad. Yeah. It's, it's marshmallows, whipped cream, pistachio the, pudding mix, pineapple. It is the most unhealthiest salad you can possibly put on a di- on a dinner table. Pure sugar. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, there's more sugar. Oh my gosh, I feel like I need to go. Are you going to last through the holiday season? I don't know. Oh. See, here's the thing. During the holiday season, I'm usually at the gym. Right? Mm-hmm. I can't go to the gym right now. Just run outside. Oh my gosh. COVID, you suck, COVID. Go away, COVID. 2020. Hashtag 2020. COVID sucks. Hashtag. Okay, this talk, this talk <laughs> of food is like bringing me into a coma. No kidding. Maybe we should pick it. Maybe we should pick it up with the story. Let's go to the story. <laughs> now we present the hilarious story of their further adventures. Oh, hilarious! This one is not. Uh, we're going back to Everon. I believe last time we left off, our heroes discovered themselves in a dire situation. They raced back to Zereshak to to warn and try to help evacuate the town. I believe that's where we left off with them last time, so we're, we're picking up from there in Eberron. Well, they made it back to the town and saw the dire situation. And... But there was no one to be seen, no voices in the in the town, no stray orcs or half-orcs roaming the streets, no merchants trying to sell their wares, nothing, just the streets were empty. But they could hear in the distance some ruckus going on. Not having much choice, they raced toward that sound to try to find the people, and there they were. The entire town gathered together, arguing and and, and uh, trying to debate over what action to take. Some wanted to leave as quickly as possible, some wanted to stay and fight. Their warning had got through, but it just divided the people. But they had no time to sit and argue because the very creature they were racing to get ahead of had already arrived. The golem was just outside the barrier. So the intrepid adventurers tried once again to get the people moving there's no time we must go. If you stay and fight, you will die. It's got a specific target, and it'll only it'll only kill those people if you stay and and surrender. But if you don't want anyone to be lost, we need to leave now. Well, this made the tempers of the leaders of the town flare 
because one of them was in favor of leaving as quickly as possible. The other was insisting that they stayed and fight because that was their tradition. That was their way of life. That was their identity. It was this warriors, noble warriors who stood their ground and and protected their people. Their argument got more heated as t as the clock ticked down, and the golem outside spoke in their minds. You have 30 minutes to decide. Surrender the dragon marked, and I shall let those who do not fight survive. But if you fight, you will die. You have 30 minutes. Well, the party had already seen what this thing was capable of. They knew that the barrier, which had protected the town for thousands of years, would not hold up. And so they insisted, we need to leave now. But once again, the opposing leader of the town, who felt they should stay and fight, got more angry. They tried to intervene and get in the way, but tempers flared and it was about to come to blows. Pepper tried to hold the leg of the attacker to keep him from attacking. She tried to warn him that it's good to honor the past, but you can't live there. You need to go or everyone will perish. She was shaken off and thrown to the ground and Anemone, our little wizard, with no muscle and no battle skill, threw herself in between the two party and was almost struck by the blade of the attacker. Valen, seeing the problem, was just barely able to throw his blade in the way and, and save her. And Dagon, their temporary companion, in fear for his companion's life, threw his sword through the back of the attacker. It was almost certainly it was almost certain that this leader of the town was going to perish. Leonis thankfully was able to cast a spell and spare his life. But the damage was done. There was a stirring speech from someone, I can't remember who, probably Pepper. Fahaha. But finally, the majority of the town was convinced to flee. So they, f they ran to the boats, as many as would, as would go with them. But when they got to the boats, they found that the pathway was blocked by tendrils from the golem. The hope seemed lost. They could try to escape, but those with the dragon marks would still be killed. So, Magrim, sorry, I was trying to remember his name, Magrim Torm turned to his people and told them what was going on. He told them, those of us with dragon marks will not, will not live this day. Our only choice is to buy time for those without, to protect the people. That is our duty. 
We will protect our people. We will buy them time to escape. Today I will fulfill my duty. And Dagon joined his father. And he proclaimed loudly, I also will do my duty. And for as far as the people went, there were people who cried out, I will also do my duty. And those who were dragon marked slowly turned and began their march toward the golem, while those without marks continued to the ship. And so on the ships, the, pe the people and our intrepid adventurers fled. And they used the weapons of a newly acquired ship to punch a hole through the barrier of tendrils. And all the orcs who were aboard the ship offered up their, their ammunition to the weapons to get a hole through the barrier. As they fired, it looked like they might collide. But just as they were, would have, just as they would have made contact, a hole opened in this barrier and they were able to make it through. All the ships behind them raced to get through it while it was still open as the ship kept firing. And they were finally able to get all the people through, but not before two flashes of green light lit the sky in the direction of the town that they had just fled. And suddenly it was quiet. They don't know the the fate of their of their former companion or the rest of the town of Zarashak. But those who were able to flee and survive will never forget the, the sacrifice of House Torn. That was sad. Were there, uh, were there actual tears when that happened? There were actual tears in that game, not gonna lie. Aww. Was, oh gosh, because here I am. I, I had just convinced the town to flee with us to get to safety. And there's this barrier in the way. It's like, that's part of this golem. Those are, those are coming from the golem. If we go out there, we're just sending you to your death. And I don't know how many people are going to die with us because it's just sending the tendrils in a straight line to burst through. It'll sink ships trying to get to the people with the dragon marks. I was just like, I had, I had no clue what we were supposed to do. And then it's like, Bagram starts speaking and it's like, no, no, don't do this to me. Don't do this to us. No, you can't do that. And then they conjures and like, no, take on. Oh yeah, we, yeah, we we cried. I'm pretty sure all of us cried a little bit at it. Wow. But yeah, but but yeah, the the ship is now going to be highly regarded and uh, remembered through history. It's like, I think we called the the ship the Starbreeze. So this the crew of the Starbreeze has become a an instant legend among the orcish people <laughs> are these, aren't orcs supposed to be like the baddies not in not in this campaign no oh. no 
that's that's one of the things that they they've been trying to get away from recently. Like, yeah, yeah there's still problems in it, but in in um in the Eberron setting, the Orcish people have their own country. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they that's they have good. their they have their own country. They there have their own go. society, um, their own cultures. Yep. So mm-hmm. so they are in the Eberron setting. They are a more cultured people. Ooh, interesting. All right, so let's wipe our tears away and <laughs> <laughs> move on to something a little bit more joyful. Uh, I think we're done. Actually, are we done? Oh no, we were we were gonna do one more thing. Pam, tell us what were we going to do? Do you want to do the entertainment strike? Hey, give us an entertainment lead-in. Why? Because we're doing some, we're going to do something silly. Hold on, I'm trying to find it. <laughs> Oops. We are professionals. <laughs> Oops, that's not it. There it goes. <laughs> Wow. Oh, that was like a perfect. Okay, so apparently we're doing this. So what's the what's going on? So in order to encapsulate the Christmas spirit and bring our spirits up after that sad, sad story, right? And to satisfy our D and D cravings, because that one that is always eternal. Um, Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> so my my question is if. The Christmas characters that we grew up with, like Santa Claus, the elves, Rudolph, all that, all that stuff. What type of D and D character would they be? Oh, that's like, easy. Uh, like, Frosty the Snowman would be a Lich King. <laughs> of course, we already established that earlier. But like, like Santa Claus. Like personally, I honestly view him as a barbarian. I think he would be more of a wizard, actually. Do you think? I think so, yeah. Because he does all these magic-y things and... He would be a wizard in the divination school. Divination school? I could see it. I mean, you know, that's kind of his big thing. Like, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when yes. you're awake. He knows or... if you've been bad or yes. good, so be good for goodness sake. He's got that, He's got that. like, was that, like, the Eye of Sauron thing going on? No, no, no. The the eyeball thing is is that's the eye of Vecna, and only an evil character would want the eye of Vecna. As I said, it might be evil, and I mean, wizard divination wizards can be bad. They can be chaotic evil. (laughs) But Santa just evil. Santa gives presents. I think, I think Santa would be more true neutral. No, true neutral. No, because he puts lumps of coal in. Kids, see true, so neutral. true neutral, true neutral, because he rewards the good, he punishes the bad. He's not exactly lawful because he's kind of breaking and entering, but he he's not exactly he's not exactly chaotic because that that's just not Santa. Santa is not chaos. He has an orderly operation going on, so I think Santa would have to be true neutral. <laughs> okay, unlawful. What about Rudolph? He'd be unlawful. What? Rudolph is unlawful? No. I just realized that I just realized just right now that Santa Claus is breaking a ton of laws. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I mean he's breaking the laws of physics. Breaking so. and entering, right? Um damage to property. But the thing is though, <laughs> the thing is though, 
I think all houses grant him consent to do that. If they are offering, why else would they set out milk and cookies? Yeah, for if him? if they offer cookies, it's you know he's you said divination skull. He'd be able to. <laughs> yeah, he'd Could he'd be. be able to scry. You could consider it bribery, thus solidifying his true neutral. And if he, if and if he, uh, and and if Santa Claus gives you a present you don't want, it could consider to be, um, it could consider to be dumping, illegal dumping. <laughs> well, you were soliciting gifts from him. <laughs> I anyway, didn't realize okay. that. <laughs> Anyways, my my original question, Rudolph. What type of D&D character would he be? Um, Rudolph would be a reskinned Pegasus or something like that, I think. Okay, so more... Okay. Yeah, because Pegasus... A Pegasus can fly. Rudolph right. can fly. Um, I believe Pegasus are also supposed to be neutral alignment. When is it Rudolph like one of those, like... <laughs> Oh, never mind. <laughs> I kind of viewed Rudolph as like an accidental charismatic character. Like he he's aloof and shy because of his red nose. But sorcerer. because of the red nose it, it Sorcerer. Like, sorcerer. <laughs> yeah, sorcerer. See, sorcerers have some sort of physical mark that sets them apart. It's a visible thing. And if he's got the red nose well, he can't exactly hide that. It's right on his face. And if he's if it if if it's glows when he casts magic, and he must be casting magic when he flies then, that would be a sign of his sorcery. So Rudolph would be some sort of sorcerer. Not wild magic, because wild magic has random consequences. Okay. Maybe He presidigitates light through his nose. I it doesn't <laughs> If you watch the old claymation movie, <laughs> oh, he can't exactly control it. Like, he can make it brighter, he can try to dim it, but he doesn't have total control over it. So, I think it's a mark of. I, I think it's a sign of sorcery. So. Okay. I, I think. I oh think boy. he's probably a storm sorcerer. Okay. I can't remember the exact name of that uh, subclass, but storm sorcerer of some sort. Okay. What about the Grinch? And now I honestly want your opinion. Do you think he really is evil? The Grinch? Yeah. I th- I think he would. I think he's a. I think he's a character who's lived through. He's living through COVID and just doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think he would be considered a. He would be some sort of rogue class. Um. Well, he did try to steal all the yeah, gifts Kate, and everything think, else while people slept. So, okay, yeah, I get that. So, a chaotic evil rogue, but he's going through a a uh, alignment shift story arc. Okay. I'll tell you the truth right now. I must confess, I have never seen The Grinch. Woo! I've Not only even heard read... the song. Oh. Okay. And I've only. Oh no! Oh, you're gonna have to. So I can't really. I can't really. uh, I can't. I don't know. Oh no! 
Edwin... Oh, that noise! That noise. I mean, okay, okay. Here's okay. Maybe I have read The Grinch, but it was like in elementary school, way back when, when the teacher was reading it. <laughs> so I okay. don't remember any of it. It's just it's the oh, same thing no. as like I don't remember half of the. Uh, I don't remember half of the uh, Doctor Seuss books that I've come across. So if he gave me a Dr. Okay. Seuss quiz, I'd probably fail I it. I think I will have to make a note to gift Edwin a bunch of Dr. Seuss books <laughs> on his next birthday. <laughs> Are you okay there, Angela? Yep. Sorry. Angela's ADHD is kicking in. <laughs> I'm so tired. Okay. Uh, um, okay. What about Krampus? Oh, definitely. Uh, he'd be a... I think he'd be a devil of some would, sort. Not would a, he be lawful evil? No, okay. Who's Krampus? Okay, who's Krampus again? Krampus is uh, Santa's opposite, basically. Yeah, it, so he basically, it, instead of how Santa usually gifts people, uh, Krampus usually punishes. Wasn't yeah. that like a Hungarian or German thing? German. I think it's German. I think it's German. Yeah. I first learned about Krampus and Krampus in a uh, German language class. I didn't yes, do but he's basically the the opposite of the opposite of Sansa if you want to put it that way. Only so lo- with that said, do you think he's lawful evil? No. I don't think he is. So okay, in Dungeons and Dragons, there is a very clear difference between what a what constitutes a demon and what con- constitutes a devil. Um, demons are chaotic and devils are uh, lawful. Okay. Both evil, but different 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 kinds of evils. Different ends of the spectrum. Okay. So I think um, Krampus would be some sort of uh, probably a demon type character. So chaotic evil, because um, he's just out like, oh, bad kid, just smack him. Although. In a way, it's a certain code that he he only punishes evil kids. It's not like he's going to random kids and punishing them. Yeah, but he he doesn't care about the good kids. He just like, oh, you're a bad kid. I'm gonna smack you. Yeah, therefore, it's a code. Either, either, either a code or a plot. We don't mm-hmm. know what what Krampus is planning, because it could be he's trying to smack them, like yeah, turn them around or test them to see if they are worthy of becoming part of his whatever of bad people. Because Krampus... I don't think we ever realize why Krampus does what he does. Yeah, so I... maybe it's because he likes doing it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not familiar and, with it. I think that. it's. I think, I think Krampus is like smacking the bad kids because he could get away with smacking them. If he smacks a good kid, someone's gonna throw a fit. <laughs> okay, I have no comment <laughs> on this because I have no. I'm not too familiar with Krampus. Okay. Oh, what about this? Kevin McAllister. Kevin McAllister. Yeah. Home Alone. Alone? Yeah. 
You know that, right, Edwin? Yeah. Okay. He'd be a hunter. A hunter? Yeah, because he's setting traps. Traps. Okay, I can see it. But what would he... I don't... Would his alignment... His alignment? Yeah. His alignment would be... Would it be good? Yeah. I'm almost thinking chaotic neutral. No. Because the moment his family's out of the house, he's breaking rules left and right for his own self. He's not really benefiting anybody except himself, but then he's never actually doing anything yeah, but really he awful. Feels, but he feels bad in the, in the middle of the movie. It's like... Yeah, that's, that's because he's sad. Yeah. But chaotic neutral characters can also be sad. But see, he's not exactly doing anything good for anybody and he's not exactly doing anything bad to anybody who's see this is hard because he does a character change in the middle of the thing in the middle of the movie so would, it, that, would so... that be like an alignment change again i think it, he i think I he think... he changes alignments because so it's chaotic neutral in in a a uh, alignment shift story arc yeah because as soon as he meets the as soon as he meets the uh the old dude neighbor guy um yeah that guy mm-hmm. that's when his transformation completes okay so Fair but i think we all agree that he would be kind of a ranger because he's a, yeah. a trap expert yeah he's a trap expert yes okay two more two more oh, I've, then... I've got one i've got one oh, okay the kid from the Christmas, Christmas story? story, yeah. <laughs> you'll shoot your eye out. You'll shoot your eye out. Edwin, you... I know this one is near and dear to your heart. <laughs> what do you think? I also envision him as like a com- comedic goblin. <laughs> no. I don't know. I'm inclined to say lawful neutral. Oh, I'm thinking about class. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking alignment. I, I think he'd be more lawful neutral. Or, well, because like one of one of his concerns is like he's trying to get this Red Rider BB gun by following rules on how to get a Red Rider BB gun. He's trying to use the rules to his advantage, but he's not trying to hurt anyone, but he's not exactly looking to help anyone either. So I think it would be a lawful neutral. I'm thinking of class. Okay, so... Not a part... Well, let's see. He's not a sorcerer. Well, he's he he's did the... sport that BB gun. Would you say artificer? No, not a good one. Not, no, I th- no, because he's not making anything. Ah, okay. Or gunslinger. I think he'd be like a. He might would be Big gunslinger. Because he really wants a gun. I'm almost thinking he's like a level one bard. No. Because he's he's trying to use his words to convince people. He's just rolling really really poorly in his persuasion checks. But he's not singing and dancing or anything. Like that. I was not actually going to ask. Not all bards sing and dance. I was about to say, 
who you thought would be a good Christmas bard? Christmas bard? Yeah. Who would be a good Christmas bard? Jack Skellington. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. And I know a lot of people were like, it's Halloween. He was like, nah, uh-uh. If Jack Skellington, I mean, Nightmare Before Christmas does say Christmas, therefore it is a Christmas movie. It is also a Halloween movie because it does take place in Halloween Town. And you have to admit, he has a very good voice. He does. And he does, he he is kind of the superstar of his own town. Mm-hmm. You know who, you know who's a good, good rogue Actually, he's kind of a mix of a rogue and maybe a tank, tankish kind of rogue. Multi-class. <laughs> Multi-class. Um, for a Christmas character. Who? John McClane. Yep. <laughs> John McClane. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Prove it. You can't. <laughs> Tell him. <laughs> John McClain so, is like a tank, but he's a rogue because you can't so you can't shoot him. So <laughs> so he's a fighter rogue multi-class. Yeah, yeah, because Fair he's enough. how many how many actions can he get in in one turn? Uh, so <laughs> and I I would imagine his alignment is probably chaotic good. Yeah, chaotic good. Yeah. Well, definitely chaotic good. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> And with uh, that, that's it. All right. Uh, well, yeah. there's more characters, but <laughs> we don't want to. And I don't want to hear it. And I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> Die Hard is a Christmas movie. All right. <laughs> We're not going into that argument. Anyway, thanks again, everybody, for listening to episode 40. We had a good time. Um, we hope you did too. Uh, we're hoping you have a happy holiday. And uh, a safe one. Remember to wear your masks. And if you're traveling, make sure you're being safe. Uh, and yeah. So ho, ho, ho. Be Merry s- Christmas. Be safe. Um, make and sure yeah. you are... It's still COVID season, so... Um, please mask up. And uh, if you're going to visit your parentals, just, you know, make sure they're safe. Make sure you're safe. And don't and drink too much. Too. And get tested. So, Angela, where can they find you? Oh, they can find me, Angela, um, at Pleasant Doom on the Twitterverse. And Pam, where can they find you? They can also find me on Twitterverse uh, at PandacatDragon1. I also have an Instagram for this podcast uh, under name PandacatDragon. And Edwin, where can they find you? Saving the best for last. Heart. At T-Cities Edwin on the Twitter sphere, and you can also find me at DIY Edwin, which I... It's on hold because we don't have much DIY. You know how much DIY I can do during the winter? Not much. Although I could start doing a bunch of like... I've I've got a DIY for you later. We'll talk about it. Anyways, yeah, you can find me there. Um, You can also find us on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook. I'm trying to clean up my Facebook. Yeah. You can find us on, on Facebook with the Legend Creators page, or you can email us directly at dungeontiners at gmail.com. Uh, thanks again for listening uh, th- to episode 40 of Dungeons, Dinings, and Doors!